0: Look, there is no question that this matchup against the North Carolina Tar Heels is really important for the Miami Hurricanes on Saturday. Would you call it a must-win game? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. We made it. Weekend is almost here. I'm Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For the everydayers, we're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College Terms and conditions apply. We are on the eve of Miami's matchup against North Carolina. Huge opportunity for your 25th ranked Miami Hurricanes to bounce back on the road against number 12 North Carolina. This could be a statement win. We all want to see Miami bounce back after the debacle that was last week. Would you call it a must-win game? That's a question that we got. I'm going to be answering questions from you guys today from our exclusive subtext community. You can sign up, join the community, link in the show description below. Try it free for 14 days. Get this question from Jimmy who says, Hey, Miami hasn't responded well from losses in the past. Is Saturday a must-win game for the Canes? Wow, Jimmy, you really want me to speak in absolutes, don't you? Okay. Okay. If we look at it um, objectively, if one of our goals, which certainly is getting to the ACC championship game, being one of those top two teams in the conference, one of the best two conference records that gets to play for the ACC championship game, it's basically a must win, guys, to have a shot at being one of the top two in the ACC Losing this weekend would give you two conference losses. You're behind the eight ball the way that you know Clemson was when they lost their first two conference games. And at that point, yeah, it would seem almost impossible to catch the likes of UNC if you lose to UNC. Florida State and Louisville, who you do have head-to-heads with later this year, but they would be, you know, neither of them have lost yet, so they'd be way ahead of you in the standing. So, yeah, if you don't win tomorrow night, you would need a lot of help. First of all, you would need to run the table the rest of the way, but you would also need a lot of help from teams losing around the conference. So you could make that argument. You could make that argument from a, a standings perspective. If you want to play in that ACC championship game, potentially, you know, get a second crack at Florida State, win or lose against them the first time around, you got to win tomorrow night. You've got to win against North Carolina. And then there's also the stuff that goes beyond the standings, right? There's a feeling that last Saturday, in my humble opinion, for as bad as that was, that's only a true catastrophe if you allow it to taint the rest of your season if you allow what happened against Georgia Tech to create a hangover where you're not playing well and dropping games the rest of the year and it looks like mentally the players have checked out, again, I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm just giving you the doomsday scenario because we've seen the doomsday scenario play out at Miami before. So to me, on more of a cosmic level, why you could say tomorrow is, if not a must-win game, it's a must-perform game, bouncing back with pride playing hard, playing more physical than North Carolina, cutting down on the mental mistakes from players and coaches. If you have the opportunity, take the knee. And then also playing with controlled aggression, right? I talked about this with Isaac Shade from Locked on Tar Heels yesterday. Uh, Miami is likely going to be amped up, going to be playing like a team with their hair on fire, a lot of adrenaline, You're already, uh, even though a lot of these calls have been BS, you're one of the most penalized teams in college football. So if you allow that adrenaline to, you know, to make you push and shove after the play and get these personal foul penalties, that can end up hurting you. Like you, you want your adrenaline to help you, not hurt you in the game. So I look at it that way as well. But, yeah, it's it's up to the Canes players and coaches now. They've been saying all the right things throughout the week. I've been really impressed with the way coaches and players have handled themselves since Saturday. And even though I am unable to watch practices because they're not open to regular media or fans, I have talked to people like Don Bailey Jr., who's a VIP, and he's been impressed with the way the team has practiced this week. So, show everyone that what happened against Georgia Tech was only a bump in the road, and it's not something that's going to define your season, okay? And, yeah, a place – I talk about physicality. A spot where I think the Miami Hurricanes can set the tone for this football game is with their physical offensive line. That's been the most improved unit on the team this year. Miami has only surrendered five sacks in five games so far this year. On the other side, UNC's pass rush – They've only produced four sacks over their past four games. So if Miami can keep Tyler Van Dyke's jersey clean, give him time to throw, Miami can score on that defense. North Carolina's defense is better than it was last year, but Miami can absolutely score on that UNC defense, and they're going to have to because on the flip side, North Carolina's offense, you can slow them down. You're not going to shut them down completely. Drake May, a Marion Hampton – that uh, clown car full of amazing receivers that they have is, uh, is not something you're just going to be able to shut down. Uh, I believe this can and, and probably will be a high-scoring game. But it's a game that Miami can win if they can set the tone with their physicality. We get a question from a who says, All right, Dono, I'll be the Debbie Downer. What's to be said if we come out completely flat against UNC and have another poor showing? Lord knows, I want domination of every form, but the hard question needs to be asked sometimes. Um, Okay, listen, as far as if Miami comes out completely flat, uh, what happens? Um, I think I can speak from the fan base. This is not going to be me, but from a lot of the fans, I think people are just going to, are unfortunately, probably going to kind of check out and be like, hey, wake me up when they're playing good football again, right? A lot of the fans are just going to say, Life is way too short. I want to spend more time with my kids. I uh, maybe I'm not going to go to the next game. I, I need to, you know, I, I need to pick up some hobbies right now because this team is too painful. Like I, it's going to be a really tough thing for the fan base if this team doesn't show up on Saturday. And yeah, that would only tack on way more adversity inside uh inside the locker room and with coaches and, and like you said American, you, you're just asking the hard question you don't want it to come down like this you don't expect it necessarily to be that type of a game on saturday i think miami is going to play with some passion they're going to play an inspired football game on saturday but if they don't that's when you're going to start hearing about these like closed door player meetings and you know cam kitchens and tyler van dyke and matt lee you're going to be real passionate with their teammates but I hope it doesn't come to that because the thing that, that bugs me most, especially a guy who's in the content creation game covering this team, the apathy from fans is something I never want to see. I can't blame you, but it hurts. It's not fun because I bleed orange and green, and I always want to see Miami fans excited and jacked up and all that. All right, we got more questions to answer on the other side, including a lot of recruiting stuff. Guys, there is a rumor – It's only a rumor right now, but there is a rumor that a certain four-star member of Miami's class of 2024 may be considering flipping elsewhere. We do have now a commitment date from one of the top defensive linemen in the country, and Miami is in his top five. We'll talk some recruiting. We'll answer more of your questions. As we like to say on a Friday, we are only getting started right here on Locked on Canes. I'm only getting started with LinkedIn Jobs. If you're a small business owner, you know these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It's a no-brainer. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. People will see it. Simple tools then like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For your second listen today, guys, at 11 a.m. today, Friday, and every Friday live, we have Locked on College Football Kickoff Live. I am privileged to be one of the hosts of that show. It streams live 11 a.m. on Fridays on this Locked on Canes and every Locked on College YouTube channel Uh, Me, Drake Toll, Kenton Gibbs, and a cast of guests and characters around the network are going to be previewing the biggest games, the biggest storylines in college football. I'm sure these guys are going to grill me about Mario Cristobal not taking the knee last week. So I'm going to have to be I'm going to have to have my big boy pants on and be ready for it today. But we have a lot of fun every single Friday, 11 a.m. until noon, locked on college football kickoff live. Make sure you tune into that. All right, we're answering you guys' questions. You can join our exclusive SMS subtext community. Uh, You get text messages directly from my phone to yours. You can ask me questions on there. We answer those on the shows. Click the link in the show description below to try it free for 14 days. Uh, We get a question from our guy Warbeast who says current weather forecast for saturday night in in uh in chapel hill is cool and overcast after a potential full day of moderate rain of course he says that will likely benefit both defenses what can or should we expect different from miami's offense versus unc in similar field conditions that we experienced last week versus georgia tech well first of all um it has it has rained no matter where home or away it's rained before a lot of times during Every game Miami has played so far this year. This this has been one of the most annoying. Just as as a fan, you're going to games. Oh, I'm going to get rained on again. Okay, so as far as Miami's offense, um, the way that they looked, which was not very good against Georgia Tech, I'm not necessarily going to blame that on the weather because they played in arguably tougher conditions two weeks prior against Temple because it was a lot windier in Philadelphia. And the offense looked fine. Uh, now I will say that against Georgia Tech, maybe some players were slipping a little bit on the on the wet turf. I did notice that a little bit, but I'm I'm not going to blame the weather for the way that the offense played. You know, you've got you've got a quarterback who grew up in the Northeast in Connecticut, which is a lot of windy, rainy conditions. He's kind of used to playing in that sort of stuff. So, like theoretically, it doesn't affect Van Dyke a lot. I mean, he he had his fastball against Temple, and the winds were really heavy. That day, Um, you know, if it does, it doesn't sound like it's going to be that windy, just rainy. So I don't worry about it affecting our kicker too much. Andy Borigalis. I don't think the winds are going to be too heavy. So honestly, um, if anything, for a team like Miami, where their offensive success is predicated so much on the offensive line, opening up running lanes and being physical at the line of scrimmage, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't be the worst thing in the world that it's raining. And listen, Drake may obviously he loves to throw it downfield. He loves to take off and run as well. I don't I don't necessarily see the rain being a huge advantage or a disadvantage for either side. I just think it's it's been something annoying we've had to deal with. And I feel bad for the traveling Canes fans who, have you know, some of you have gone to every single game because you went up to Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. You just got to go watch another potentially bad weather game. But I, I don't see it. Uh, I I don't think it's going to affect the game all that much, unless it really becomes a torrential downpour. Get a question from Steve in Port Orange, who says, does Don Chaney start this game? I think he should be the starter. Uh, Now, honestly, I don't really care who starts, because there have been games when Henry Parrish starts and Chaney ends up getting more carries. I think that was the case last week, or vice versa. Um, You know, it's it's really it's really not about who starts because uh, the way Shannon Dawson and Mario Cristobal usually gauge kind of which running back is is the one who's affecting the game the most, whether they started or not. They like to keep the hot the hot runner on the field. Uh, I will say and I think this might be what you're alluding to with Chaney. I would love to see Chaney have a monster game. I feel terrible for him. Terrible because A. I don't care what Al Riveron says, like the ACC reviewed it and he's like, well, we are standing by that call that we made because there was not enough irrefutable evidence to overturn it. It was a cop out. That was not a fumble. I don't care what Al Riveron or whoever from the ACC says Don Chaney didn't fumble. Uh, And also, as we've covered, he never should have gotten that carry to begin with because Cristobal should have made the decision to take the knee. So I doubly feel awful for Don Chaney last week, whether he starts or not. I would love to see Chaney get into the end zone two, three times, go over 100 yards, have a big game. I think that might be what you were alluding to. You want to see Chaney bounce back. Yeah, Don Chaney absolutely deserves the opportunity to bounce back. There's no question. Uh, We get a question from Sammy Mayweather, who says, hey, do you really think Miami will take three running backs in this class? If so, I believe one would decommit, he says. What are your thoughts? So, yeah, um, Jordan Lyle was at the game last weekend, who's an Ohio State verbal commit. St. Thomas Aquinas running back, four-star, excellent player. and Miami hosted him for a visit. He's been on campus a couple times, despite the fact that he is committed to Ohio State, and Miami already has what I would assume to be, you know, a full running back class, right? Kevin Riley, Chris Wheatley, Humphrey, they both complement each other really well. You know, you don't usually take more than two running backs in a in a class. They took two last year, so the running back room is loaded. Um, honestly, this, to me, this is about casting a wide net, okay? Because sometimes when you miss out on certain players you want, the fan base is like, well, how come you didn't have a backup plan? How come you weren't recruiting a bunch of other guys? I think this is Miami doing that because, listen, we're still a couple months away from National Signing Day, right? You kind of assume Chris Wheatley Humphrey and Kevin Riley are both going to sign on the dotted line and there'll be Hurricanes, but you never know, especially with Kevin Riley. He's from Alabama, Tuscaloosa County, Alabama. It's not impossible that the Crimson Tide, who haven't recruited him very hard to this point, Would they circle back and put on a full court press? Would Auburn circle back to him and put on a full court press? Nothing is impossible. And then you also have to remember if you're Mario Cristobal, you've got a great local player from St. Thomas Aquinas. Like you've got to, you've got to recruit because you have to keep recruiting that school. You have to keep the pipeline churning with places like St. Thomas Aquinas and American Heritage and Chaminade, all, you know, fill in the blank of all the great local high schools down here. So, I mean, I I wouldn't read too much into Miami still recruiting Jordan Lyle. And, you know, I would assume he'll probably end up sticking with his Ohio State commitment. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think Miami is going to end up with two running backs in this class. And I do think it's going to be Kevin Riley and Chris Wheatley Humphrey. I, I would be surprised if Lyle ends up flipping from OSU to Miami. But strange things happen in the recruiting game. Okay, this is one we got to answer. We're getting a lot of questions about L.J. McRae. So L.J. McRae, who crazy enough, well, this is not that crazy actually because uh, Miami's staff had very high opinions of this guy going back to last year. L.J. McRae, defensive lineman from Mainland High School in Daytona Beach, he has been upgraded by 24-7 sports from a four-star to a five-star And he's now the number six ranked player in the entire class, according to 24-7. That surprised a lot of people how high he just rose. And uh, so L.J. McRae has uh, announced his commitment date, October 21st. So he's going to be announcing in nine days. That's Saturday after this Saturday, nine days from now. His top five is Miami, Georgia, Florida State, Florida, Auburn. That's a list of heavy hitters there. I will say at this time, I've you know I've been asking around, doing my due diligence for months on LJ McRae. I feel pretty good about where Miami stands at the moment. I'm not dropping a dono ball, but I feel pretty good about where Miami stands. I've heard positive feedback in recent weeks about both McRae and his teammate Zay Mincy, the defensive back from the same high school. I've heard good feedback on both from someone with ties to Mainland High School. Uh, But I am also of the understanding that nothing is totally decided yet from his point of view. Things can definitely change over the past nine days. I mean, I think it was uh, I think it was Steve Wiltfong or it might have been Chad Simmons from on three who put out like an update yesterday on McRae talking about all five of his finalists. And basically, like he had optimistic things to say from the point of view of all five schools that are in his finals group. Uh, And obviously, someone like Georgia can be difficult. For a player to pass up, and you know, I know Florida has been a team that's been recruiting him heavily, basically since the beginning. You know, he his you you would call Daytona to be Gator territory. That's you know one of the parts of uh, the state of Florida they do particularly well in. So I know there's been optimism there, but I feel like from a Miami side, there's been growing optimism. And folks, going back several months, I've said this on this show, I've said this on the radio before on 560 WQAM. My understanding has been for a long time, Miami's coaching staff has always thought LJ McCray can be better than any of those defensive tackles who were five-star guys previously, even you know any of the guys that unfortunately we've missed out on already, that all along they've thought LJ McCray is better than any of those guys. So his upgrade in the rankings should not be that much of a surprise. I know it was not a surprise to Miami staff, all right? Okay, we get more questions about defensive tackles I want to answer on the other side. Um, ooh, uh, if who's, who's the player Miami has the best chance to flip? And as I, I teased earlier, there is a player currently in Miami's 2024 commitment list that there are rumors may flip somewhere else. Are those more than rumors at this point? You know what you want to do, my friends? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, I hope you're taking advantage of FanDuel. Snap into NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And our Miami Hurricanes are three-and-a-half-point underdogs against North Carolina. So if you think Miami's going to win the game, you know what to do. Head to FanDuel. There's a wide range of betting options. It's so easy to use. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off that NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Thank you to the everydayers who tune in every single day. If you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, sign up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. You guys can send me questions on there, one-on-ones. I give you recruiting updates, show previews, breaking news. All sorts of stuff exclusive to you on subtext. We give you a lot of added value on there. You can try it free for 14 days by clicking the link in the show description below. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. But as I mentioned, we try to give you a lot of good added value on there. We get a question from Delane who says, hey, good morning, Dono. Between LJ McRae and Aiden Breland, who's announcing this weekend, who do you feel like Miami has a better shot with at this point? Also, do you think Miami will try and go after wide receiver Kobe Howard? Uh, Okay, so on Breland and McCoy, uh, or McCray, sorry. Between Breland and McCray, I absolutely think Miami has a better shot with McCray. I know with Breland, uh, Miami is in his top three alongside Georgia and Oregon. I've heard a lot of recent smoke for Oregon. Heard a lot of smoke for Georgia before that. (laughs) Haven't heard much Miami smoke. Being upfront with you. Uh, Unless something drastically changes, you know, over the next 24 hours or so, 36 hours or so. I am not expecting Miami to land Aiden Breland. I've been wrong before. I know, you know, 36 hours before Miami landed Marquise Lightfoot, who's also, I think, gotten a nice uh, bump in the rankings. Before that happened, I wasn't expecting him to be a Kane. Turned out he was a Kane. So, in the recruiting game, things can change really, really quickly. But, yeah, I'm not... uh, I'm not very optimistic right now about Breland. I'd be a lot more optimistic about McCray. Now You're asking about Kobe Howard. So Kobe Howard is a class of 2025 stud wide receiver from Western High in Broward. Um, if you go by the on three tracker, Miami is considered in the mix for him. But behind Florida, Florida State, and Tennessee – now again, he's a class of 2025. I know we've seen plenty of 2025s already starting to pop off the board. I'm not sure what his timeline is for announcing. If somebody knows that, let me know in the comments below. But I, I still think there's time for Miami to turn up the heat. I haven't heard a whole lot of links from Miami to him, but uh, you know, there's still. I, I would imagine there's still some time to make up ground there. Uh, question from Kanes Hunter 69, who says do you, Dono, have one top recruit on Miami's radar that has the best chance of flipping to Miami? Who would that be? You know, despite the fact that he was in attendance to watch the final minute (laughs) in the entire game, but especially the final minute of that Georgia Tech game, I'm still not closing the door on Jeremiah Smith. I still continue to hear a little bit of optimism behind the scenes and I know that uh, I I think there is some feeling as would be the case I think with anyone from the area that you know the family would probably rather him play close to home much easier to keep up with him see games in person all that good stuff so I'm Jeremiah Smith is probably the one that I and I know uh, D Money at Kane Sport was saying he's still hearing some positivity about Jeremiah Smith Uh, I still obviously consider Ohio State to be the favorite. He's been verbally committed there for a long time. But if you're talking about a high-profile flip, uh, I still think that that's within the realm of possibility. And by the way, we were talking about guys getting upgrades on the 24-7 sports rankings. Jeremiah Smith is now officially, according to 24-7, the number one player in the class. Dylan Riola was before. The new update has Jeremiah Smith. Well-deserved. I have I've been considering Jeremiah all along to be the top player in the class. He now has that designation on twenty four seven Sports. Now that that's a that's a flip that I'm hopeful for in Miami's direction. Meanwhile, oh man, the internet rumors. The internet rumors have been popping the last couple of days, uh, and so far, I've not been able to find anything completely legitimate that makes me believe this is gonna happen, but. Ohio State folks seem to be very optimistic that they are going to flip Chance Robinson from Miami's class to theirs. Four-star wide receiver Chance Robinson, who's been committed to Miami since uh, the day of the spring game, going all the way back to April. He's been a committed Miami Hurricane, but he's kept his recruitment open enough. He's taken visits, including to Ohio State. It's been a predominant Internet rumor. You see a lot of Ohio State fans kind of making subtle hints about it on X and on on Ohio State message boards. Um, You know, I've I've asked around. um, I, you know, I see this as a possibility, right? Where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't rule anything out. Okay, I'm yet to see any true smoking gun where someone's like, oh, yeah, he going to flip like nothing like that. But just keep your eyes peeled for that, because there has been a rumor about Ohio State uh, endeavoring to flip Chance Robinson. I hope it doesn't happen because, you know, again, people make the decision that is best for their lives and careers. So hopefully Miami ends up being that decision he wants to make. I know he grew up a Miami fan. His father's a big Miami fan. So hopefully he ends up sticking in this class. But I've, I've definitely heard that rumor. All right. Oh, man. All right. We had a couple more questions. We did not have time for some good ones. I don't think I forgot about you guys like Tampa Lou, ND Hater 85, Dan Cardwell. I'm going to try to get to some more of you guys' questions in a a future episode. Maybe I can answer some more of these tomorrow because I do plan on doing an episode tomorrow. In the meantime, I got to get ready for Locked On College football kickoff live. We're going to be live right here on this YouTube channel and every Locked On College YouTube channel, 11 a.m. to noon every Saturday talking about all the big games, all the big storylines. We're going to be getting to all of it 11 a.m. until noon, Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Tune in right here, and then I'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.